What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to Guest Friday. I'm not your average Boston sports podcast. I am your host, Garrett Hayden. As always, you can uh, follow the podcast on Twitter and on Facebook. You can listen to us on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. We are joined today on Guest Friday by my good friend, Sean Montgomery. Sean's a a former uh, ice hockey player at (laughs) Suffolk University. Um, And Sean, you've actually been on a podcast before. Yep, yep. I, I think I came on maybe my sophomore year of college, I think. Yeah. So, yeah, like two years ago now. Yeah. Um, I think we also did an interview. Oh, uh, this year, too. Years. This year, too, yeah. I might be a triple guest right now. There you go. <laughs> um, Going for the repeat. Yeah, so we're talking uh, talking hockey today, talking playoff hockey. And uh, I'll be honest, Sean, it's been a, uh, a tough go for the Bruins uh, early on, but uh, excited to talk playoff hockey with you. Definitely. Yeah, no, I, I think uh, obviously not the start that everyone wanted or expected, or maybe not expected. I, I, I knew Carolina's a good team, so I, I thought it was going to be a tough battle to begin with, but I think some of the effort um, in the first two games has been a little bit lackluster. So mm. definitely not the best start that the Bruins could have had, but, yeah. you know, there's two more games. They got to win two more games, so. Yeah, so I think, you know, definitely going into a Carolina, probably not the most ideal playoff opponent, but I think, you know, going into the East, you know, probably anyone you're going to play is going to be really tough. Um, yeah. No, I was, I mean, like, even I was making, like, a fantasy bracket the other, or, like, right before the playoff started, and I was looking at the East, and it's, like, I mean, the Capitals being an eight seed where they still have the core of their team that won – what was it, 2018 Cup? Was it 2018? Yeah, yeah 2018. So mm-hmm. it's like you're looking at the eighth-place team. They won a Cup four years ago, and they still have some of the best hockey players in the game. That's like, you know, it's it was not going to be a cakewalk by any means. So I, the East is just – it's so up for grabs. There's so many good players in, in the East, and it was just, it's just a tough division in general this year. It just seemed like it was, you know, super competitive the entire year, at least for the top eight teams kind of – the other ones, the other bottom eight teams kind of fell off. But, you mm-hmm. know, every time you played one of those top eight teams, it was like an absolute battle. So, yeah, expected, I guess. Yeah. And I think, you know, clearly early on, it's it's obvious that the Bruins are playing a really good team. So yeah. um, just after the first two games, just give me your like kind of initial thoughts to, to that. Um, I mean, I think for me personally, like we had discussed this off the pod or kind of just like back and forth. I felt like the trade deadline, they might not have, you know, went after things that I think they could have, that could have, you know, we got Lindholm who I think is a great addition, but I just, I just thought that like our secondary scoring wasn't where it needed to be. And you see how like some of the, like Carolina's killing us with the stall need of, uh, you know, need a rider line and it's yes for fast too. Yeah. That third line there is killing us right now. Um, they're, they're able to shut down our first line and, and if they're matched up against our third line, they're scoring goals. And so it's like, I, I mean, they're deep, they're a deep team. So I was expecting a battle. I just think that some, like, I don't know, Marshawn hasn't shown up in the past two games. So I'm hoping that he's going to kick it into gear. Um, the first period of the first game was good. They had a lot of opportunities, couldn't bury. And then 
it was like the last 10 minutes of last game was looked like it was like, Oh, this team can play with Carolina. But I think some of the problems that I've seen with the Bruins since we lost the cup. So I guess the past two years is that it's kind of like this lackluster type of attitude where it's like, they just think that they can rely on winning games within that last period and, and, you know, turning it on in the last 10 minutes. And it's like, can't win hockey games like that and especially not against really good teams and especially not in the playoffs so I think they have to put together a more complete solid game if they even want a chance to to be competitive in this series yeah yeah I mean it's it's hard to disagree with with anything you said because you know like you said uh Niederreiter's been really good he had two goals last game is the only guy in this series that has three goals and so I think you know clearly you're seeing that the Bruins are being a little too reliant on the top six. And I think, you know, that's something that like, you know, is, is scary, but it's also like, it's kind of been, you know, an issue. So I think, you know, you found like a third, a third line group at points this season with Frederick Hoyle and Smith, but it's like at a certain point, you need some of those guys to, to score goals, to bury their chances because you can't, it can't just be the first line or second line doing it. Yeah, and I think, like, what I've noticed over the past, I guess, like, five years, even even going earlier than that, like, thinking back to, like, the Blackhawks team and stuff, like, obviously it's really hard. Like, like everyone remembers, like, the top six guys for those – for some of those, like, really great teams that won the Stanley Cup. But, mm-hmm. but like, third lines are, are – I think are the, the cup winning. Like, those are the differences. Like, you saw it with Tampa Bay. Like, Tampa's third line was unbelievable last year. And it's just – it makes it so much harder for – for the other team to match up and to be able to, you know, give their top six a break when it's like they, like they're, if you, if your first line's matching up against a third line that can play with them and can score on them, then it's like, they're not getting a break. They're not getting any chances. They're having to play, you know, a defensive game more than an offensive game. And I think that that really has been like a key that I've seen for a lot of the really good teams have been like, you see, like, I know St. Louis kind of got pumped last night, but, you see like St. Louis who has like a crazy third line. I think it's, um, I don't want to say it's the, it might be the Russian line of Barbashev, uh, Buchnevich and Tarasenko. They might be the third line, I think. Cause I, I think it's, it's O'Reilly, maybe Shen and someone else. And then Kairos on the second, something like that. Or I don't know if they've mixed up the lines, but you see like you have nine forwards right there or, or eight forwards right there that mm-hmm. are you know, really good hockey players. And obviously that's hard to do, but yeah, I mean, I don't know. I think a lot of our third line scoring, like you mentioned, uh, Coyle and Frederick and, and uh, Smith, I think it came against, like we talked about like those Western division teams. And it was like, kind of like that false hope where I was like, I know we're looking good right now. I know we're winning games, but it's like some of these teams we're beating are like, you know, like the Kraken or like Canucks or something like that and it's just mm-hmm. teams that aren't weren't going to be like super competitive in the playoffs and against like a division like the east I thought that you know right now as it looks it, it looks like it's going to have to be like you know that top six is really going to have to step it up for these next two games yeah and I think you know it becomes so much of a like you know they have to have their bottom six pepper in goals every once in a while because you know, the first, the first two lines are not going to be able to perform really well every single night. And so it's like, you need to have some consistency. And I know that like, you know, you think of the fourth line, they're not really a goal scoring line, but it's like, 
you think about some of the chances that they get and, you know, like you said, they've been unable to bury chances in the first 10 minutes or so in the first two games. And then it's like, you know, they don't get those chances the rest of the game until, you know, eight, nine minutes left. And it's like, you know, too little too late. So it's like, you know, you really got to bury chances early. And so I think, you know, with the series moving to, to Boston, I think, you know, scoring, scoring the first goal, scoring early, getting the crowd mm-hmm. involved is going to be, you know, a must yeah. for them if they're going to have any hope of getting back in the series. Yeah. And I don't even, th- I don't even think that like, obviously I mentioned like some really good third lines and like Tampa and, and the Penguins had that, you know, um, who was it? Um, Kessel, uh, Haglin, and I forget who else was on that, mm-hmm. line, whatever that line. So like, those are obviously elite third lines, but I don't even necessarily mean like they have to be like, like you said, obviously they have to pepper in some goals every once in a while, but like, I just think that like at least creating scoring opportunities, like making the other team play defense, getting them frustrated because of their lack of offense is something that it, you know, then transitions into the top six, being able to score some more five on five goals. I mean, we have two five on five goals and one of them came from uh, Cassidy moving Poshnik up to the first line. Mm -hmm. So it breaks up that whole thing where it's like, okay, then now Hall Hall stuck with Hall and Nebraska. It's like, you know, those guys, Holla and DeBrusque have been good complimentary players, but like to two superstars, you know what I mean? So it kind of renders Hall like a little bit, I guess, not like in the, um, that like when you leave Hall with like Holla and DeBrusque, it kind of makes it so that whole, like he's has to be the complete line driver for that, for them. And like, you know, I think it puts a lot of the more responsibility on him that hasn't really seemed to work out this year for him. Hmm. So Yeah. Yeah, no, I mean, I think you're right. I think, you know, you saw them do a little bit of like a, a line juggling in that second game. Um, Which they had to, to be fair. They yeah, had to. you know, you had to do that in, you know, when you're down three, nothing, four, nothing, whatever it was. Um, so I guess I'm curious to see if they go back to that for game three, or do you think that just was something that they just didn't in the game that they're, you know, probably not going to go back to, or they might, you know, if things get really out of hand. I think, I think what, I think that's a huge, um, that, that's going to be like a huge in-game adjustment. I think the lineup sheet will be the same. Like I think, at least for the top six, I think the lineup sheet will be pretty much the same. I think that it's going to be, um, you know, I, I think they're going to use that as like, kind of like, you know, like their ace. Like if, if we, if there's, I think it's situational. So like, say there's like a, they've been hemmed, like Carolina's hemmed in their zone. They ice the puck. Then it's like, okay, maybe let's put those three out. If, if, you know, they haven't been out together, something where it's like, okay, let's try to get some offense, like right here, like situational stuff, some more like X's and O's. But I think, I think they'll probably keep Hall and pasta together for the most part, at least try to do that. Cause that's where you get the most balanced scoring. That's when, the Bruins are the best is when those two lines are obviously clicking. Mm-hmm. So, you know, obviously talking a little bit about lineup changes, might talk about that a little more later, but um, going into game three at the garden, what are like a couple things that, you know, are going to need to change if they're going to get back in the series? Well, I'm pretty sure I saw this morning that they said that all marks out and Swayman's in. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't, necessarily think that all marks played you know I, I think they played some really bad 
team hockey in front of him, team defense in front of him. Um, there was a couple softies. I think the first game, the Trocheck backhander, um, yeah, he came down like the left side and went like that. I mean, it was just like that's to me. I'm looking at like a six six butterfly goalie, thinking like you should probably seal off the post there. Uh, that's one of them that I thought, and I know he's moving laterally, like side to side, um, on the Niederreiter goal yesterday. Um, I think we had been hemmed in the zone, and Clifton tried to like poke the puck, but it got or like it was a cross ice pass. Clifton missed the poke check in front of the net, and they uh, Niederreiter took a one timer, and it like kind of squeaked through. And there was just like, those were some of the times where I'm like, I really wish that maybe you made that save. You know, that's the save that's kind of like a game changer where you look at the other end, the last, like, I think it was the last like three minutes of the game. Pasternak had that pass from Marsh on one time or across. And I forget their goalie's name. No idea who he is. Um, he made, yeah. Yeah. He that's, made yeah. a great save, but those are, but it's like, that's kind of like, those are two huge like, you know, one didn't make a save, one did. And, and mm. you know, if you reverse that, it's a 3-3 game. So, right. um, yeah, I think, you know, that's definitely one change that's going to come. Maybe not so much on Allmark, but on um, kind of just a spark to the team. Right. I saw a lot of people on Twitter saying, you know, Freddie out, Grizzlick out. Um, I like both Freddie and, and Grizzlick. I think Freddie's gotten a lot better this year. And he's at least the second half of the year, the third line, he's, you know, you can see that he's at least thinking the game faster. He's being able to make the, like, he's not completing the passes as much as I think that he would like, but he's definitely finding like, those are the, he's, he's finding the open guys in the right places. It's just not finishing the plays. Mm-hmm. And then Grizzly, I thought Grizzly played pretty well yesterday. I thought he was all right. My biggest thing is I, I've never been a forward guy. I don't really like, forward that much and and i like riley so i i don't know i think i think riley's obviously gonna have to come in but i'm mm. not really sure where they're gonna slot him in the lineup right now i think it'd probably go with carlo so it would be riley carlo and then grizz mcavoy right forbert clifton something yeah. like that so, yeah i mean they could they could go that route although i think sometimes when you've seen riley at his best he's playing with mcavoy so i feel like yeah you know, they could, they could do that. Um, yeah, I, I told, I agree with that. I mean, I think Mac is just one of those players where whoever he plays with, he's going to elevate their game. He's so responsible, so reliable. He made like mm-hmm. one kind of bad step up uh, on that. He, he, it was after, I think, um, Lindholm got hit and he stepped up and crushed. I think it was that, that rookie that they have, um, Brast or something. Um Hmm. And they went down and Forber took a penalty on, it was like a semi breakaway. That was like the one time that I, that I saw him not be reliable last game, but mm-hmm. obviously like, right. I just think that like Grizzly and Carlo, to me, that's like just a pairing that I'm not too key, keen on, I guess. Yeah. I, I, guess I mean, it should be a good pairing, but like, yeah. I feel like Carlo is Carlo struggled this series and he struggled this year. And I feel like putting him with Grizz, who's, someone that's going to take more offensive risks. I don't know if I trust that right now. Yeah. I mean, certainly the, um, you know, losing Lindholm in game two doesn't make, doesn't make things easier. And I think, you know, injuries are going to happen. I think that's just the, the nature of the game. And I think like, it's just too bad that, you know, he has to deal with the injury that he suffered. I mean, obviously I don't want to speculate, but I mean, he did not look, he did not look good after that hit. 
probably a concussion, I would assume. Um, was what that was, you know, but, so. And pretty clean hit, to be honest. Like, I was trying to look for something to be mad at. That was a pretty clean hit. Yeah, I think at the end of the day, it's like, I looked at it a couple times, and I'm like, no, nah, it's just a, just a big hit. You know, it's, big hit. you know, is it necessary? You know, probably not. But, you know, at the end of the day, part I, don't, of the game. I don't think that really matters. Yeah, it's a part of the game. It, it is yeah. what it is. It's hockey, like, everyone yeah. gives and takes hits like that sometime yeah. in the career. So, it is what it is. But, yeah, you know, I think that he gives, you know, McAvoy the ability to kind of be more of an offensive defenseman, which, you know, maybe you lose a little bit of that. But I think, you know, you got to do what you got to do. It kind of is they're they're in a spot where they kind of have nothing be- nothing else to do. Yeah, I mean, I think you have, what, Riley and Brown as the two scratches. And yeah. who else do they have on the taxi squad or on the, like, the Black Aces? I know Wagner's one of them, Bleed's one of them, and then I don't know who they have for defensemen. I don't I mean, know. We don't have a big prospect pool for defensemen to begin with, like a Sean, but I don't think a Sean would be. I yeah, I mean, I don't think that. He was at Providence. I think he played in the game yesterday. So Yeah, I don't think he plays unless things – unless there's another injury. Um do you know how that works? Because I know he played – I'm pretty sure he played yesterday in Providence's uh, playoff game. So, like, okay. if he's not in the Black Aces, like, when they're with the team, like, because I know they have to finalize a roster, like, they can't call him up, right? I honestly have no idea. I'd probably have to look more into that. Um, but for some reason, I think that their season is over or it's, like, very close to – They just lost. Play. They just lost to Bridgeport, I'm pretty sure. Okay, um, well – yeah, I honestly, yeah, I'm not sure about that. I probably have to look into that. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, we weren't too we weren't too deep on D to begin with. So, mm-hmm. losing any of them is kind of you know. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think. Um, yeah, just in terms of defense, you know, I think Riley's probably going to draw back in there, and so you know, hopefully, he can give them a bit of a spark. Um, yeah. You know, I'm hoping the same thing for for Swayman. You know, I think it's it's a lot less of like, oh, you know, they're pinning they're pinning blame on Olmark, and it's more of just like, okay, we just need to spark. We're down two games to none. You know, the team needs a little bit, a, a little kick in the pants, and so I think, you know, putting him in net, it's probably not the best situation for him, but you know, I think uh, he definitely has the ability to maybe steal a game or two, and I think. You know, if he can do that, Bruins can get back in the series. I mean, I think I'm certainly not ready to count them out because I think we've seen time and time again that they're able to, you know, get back in series like this. But, I mean, it's going to have to happen game three or else, you know. Yeah, unless you're looking at. Yeah, right. You're looking at a sweep probably. But I don't know. You said that Swayman, it it might not be the best situation. I don't know. I think this could be like a a situation where he could thrive because it's it's almost like – you know, they've been beaten and like the past two games, like they've kind of been whooped and it's like, yeah. a lot of people are like, Oh, this series is over. It's, it's done with. And this mm-hmm. could be like a no pressure situation where he comes in and it's like, if he loses, they, they were going to lose anyways. Like that's what people were thinking. So maybe in his head, he has a little bit more, you know, he kind of calms the nerves instead of being the starter for game one, where you're starting and you're like, this is the, one of the most important games of the series. Like, all those stats about whoever wins the first game, like 68% of the time wins the series, whatever silly number it is. Like, I don't know. I could see him getting a, you know, maybe being a little calm in that. Hopefully, 
he didn't play great the second half of the season, but maybe he finds his game in the playoffs. It's happened before with young goalies. It's it's not out of the ordinary for that to happen to a young goalie. And and like I mean, like we've seen throughout time, like playoffs, if a goalie gets hot, it changes everything, completely changes everything. So Yeah. Yeah, and I think he's always been a guy that, you know, for the short time that he's been with the Bruins, he always seems to have, you know, a good mindset and a good head on his yeah. shoulders that you know, he doesn't really tend to get bothered by a lot. So I think, you know, yeah, it certainly could be something that he's coming into with, with nothing to lose. And, you know, that could be really dangerous. Um, mm-hmm. Speaking of the goaltending, you know, obviously Carolina come, came into the series with some questions, you know, Ronta played, played really well in that first game. And then, you know, obviously had the collision with Pasternak, he comes out, mm-hmm. Kachetkov comes in and, I don't know. I kind of thought he played pretty well, but at the same time, the Bruins got to put more pucks on the net than they did last night. I know. I I forget. I saw how it was like 10 minutes with like three shots or something like that on, on a kid that's coming in in his third professional hockey game. Yeah. You got to test him. You got, I mean, that's the time where you're like, obviously I don't think Pasta did it on purpose. And, you know, I don't think anyone's cheering for an injury, but you're looking down the bench. You're like, okay, we've, kind of been you know we've scored one goal to this point and mm-hmm. however many periods it had been four or five periods mm-hmm. like maybe let's try to turn on the offense right here let's yeah. see if we can you know start throwing pucks in that and I'm not the biggest I you know like me my my play style was never like throw pucks to the net or anything like that but I, at that point I feel like it's kind of like you got to start doing something yeah yeah so I think you know, that's going to be interesting. It's also going to be interesting, you know, if, if, if Anderson comes back for the hurricanes at some point, um, yeah. I've not heard anything about him. So I feel like, you know, maybe he's really not coming back and maybe the injury he has is more severe than they think. Um, Cause I've like not heard anything about like, Oh, you know, he might be able to play. Um, yeah. so I think, you know, it's like, that's even more reason for the Bruins to try to take advantage of, the situation try to get back in the series yeah no i i think that you know we're that was one of the things where it's like you're looking at this series and you're already going up against a really strong carolina team and it's like i wish we took advantage of the first six periods of hockey and like you know kind of jumped on a backup goalie and then eventually a a uh, third string like new goalie the but yeah, I mean, if he's not a starter for the next game, that's, like, definitely a huge – at least that, that should be in their minds that, okay, like, we got to start doing something now. Like, we got we to gotta figure out a way to put the puck in that at yeah. some way. And, and yeah. right now it doesn't even matter. It doesn't look like it matters who's, who's in that because it, it, it could be a shooter-tutor right now for the Bruins. And it's, like, they're just not getting – even – I forget how many shots we ended up with last night, maybe close to 30 – but like the scoring chances are just not there. Like the high, the high percentage scoring chances are just not there. They're not creating off the rush. They're not creating off of four check. Like it, it's just, there's no creation. It seems like it's just the shots that we do get are like from perimeter lackluster with not a lot of, you know, bodies in front of the net, not a lot of rebounds, nothing like coming from it. So, yeah, I mean, I, I think right now, uh, if I was a, obviously as fans, we're sitting there, you know, looking at like, we need to jump on this before the goalie happens. But I think the first thing they have to do is be like, we need to find our game again and, and start creating these high percentage scoring chances. Yeah. And I think, 
you know, it might be a cliche, but I think, you know, maybe you play better at home, you know, maybe yeah. with the crowd, you know, with, with last change, which I think, you know, might be really important in, in a series mm-hmm. like this, where, you know, you're looking for, you're looking for any type of advantage or any type of, yeah, I mean, any type of advantage you can get in Bruins, like, you know, down, down 0-2, I think are definitely going to be looking for that and searching for different matchups that work, you know, if that means, putting the 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 I, I, putting the perfection line together yeah, and, know. <laughs> you know try to try to get a goal or you know i don't know bumping someone down a line or up a line or whatever it is um they just gotta find something that works and i think you know clearly if swayman's going in i mean i think there could be possibility that you see some more lineup changes um you know I think I don't mind keeping the top six the way that it is and then, you know, mixing guys around if it makes sense. Yeah. I, um, you know, I don't know if people agree. I, Tomic, Thomas Nosek for me has like just not been, I, I like didn't know a ton about him before. I knew he was on the Vegas team. I don't know if he was the one that went to the cup. I don't know if he was on that team. I think he, I think might he have was. Been. I'm pretty sure. Um, I think that's one of the only reasons I like kind of knew who he was before coming into this year. I'm not the biggest fan of him. Mm -hmm. Um, And honestly, I I mean, I know it doesn't do much, but like bleed comes in, he does take some dumb penalties sometimes, but like he is kind of a, you know, a buzzsaw out there. He's a little bit, maybe, maybe you put him in for no sick. I still think that Freddie's better than Wagner or bleed. So I don't know a lot of, I saw a lot of people suggesting that Frederick out, but I don't think he should be out. I personally think that he's someone that like does take some dumb penalties sometimes, but like, I mean, he's got more hockey IQ. And I think he's just a better overall player than the, than the other two mentioned before. Yeah. I think they definitely mix around Felino and, and no sick. Like I think Felino's kind of been, I, I mean, last night it was kind of like, you didn't, I didn't notice him till the final buzzer of the game. And then he's, like not he's just tying up with someone like he had his gloves dropped and obviously he's not going to sucker someone in the face but it's just like that's the one time I'm noticing you when it's like you're just kind of like wrestling with the guy at the end of the game is you know probably not I know he's a big leadership guy or whatever but I've never been too high on either of them to begin with so yeah I wouldn't mind maybe switching a couple of the one of them out or something like that yeah and I think like you want those fourth line guys to be effective but you want them to be able to like pepper in goals or pepper in, you know, chances and things like that. And it just seems like with some of those guys, it's kind of, it's kind of few and far between. Yeah. Um, you know, Frederick. Lazar gets a ton of chances. I think Lazar gets so many chances. I wish he had a little bit of scoring touch because it seems like at least a couple times a game, he has some really good scoring opportunities. Yeah. So I don't know. I wish he would just bury one or two. Yeah. You know, Fre- Frederick is hard because I kind of, I go back and forth because on one hand, I think that he does work well with Coyle and Smith. And I think when he's involved and he's engaged, he can be a really you yeah. know, big time player. But on the other hand, he takes bad penalties. And sometimes when the temperature of the game gets too high, you know, the emotions can get the best of him. And I think, you know, that kind of happened last night, you know, whether or not it was, you know, correctly officiated or not, that's a whole different yeah. thing. I mean, but I think on this, on, on, on the other hand, like the Bruins can't be taking extra penalties 
you know, mm-hmm. they can't be taking extra, you know, roughing penalties. And again, whether or not that's, you know, fair or not, because I think like, I don't know, at a certain point, giving a team three, five on threes in a single yeah, playoff, game, just like, I don't know. It's just like, there's something that rubs me the wrong way about that. Cause some of those, some of those extra roughing calls were, were pretty bad. Yeah. And I, I mean, see, the thing is for me, I like, like, I, I hate like ever bringing up the refs and stuff like that, because I, I just think that at least in hockey, it's like such a fast sport. And I know that the refs in hockey are, are pretty brutal to begin with. Like, I just, I don't expect it to change much in the postseason. I, I really don't think that like, you know, we watch it the whole year and it's like, you see so many questionable calls and just bad decisions on the ice. It's, obviously I, I like it I just never expect it to change and, and I think that sometimes like you know there is time and a place for us to like we were getting pushed around pretty bad yesterday and I'm not even like an old time guy that's like we need to rough the other team up but like you need to have some pride in in, in your team and you need to look like you care about each other mm-hmm. and to at least look like you're not just going to be like you know I guess pushed around completely and just dominated both physically and on the score sheet. Like it's a difference if you're, if you're scoring a ton and, and they're trying to, you know, taking dumb penalties. It's like, why try to let them back in the game, but you're getting dominated on the score sheet and stuff. And I think some of those penalties obviously are super soft, but that game to me, it looked like they kind of knew that by the second midway through the second period, a third goal, it looked like that they were just pretty defeated. Um, even the second goal, they looked pretty defeated after that. Um, there wasn't much, you know, life after that. And and the only life that we saw was really them trying to get into the physical game. I think you just, you know, have to come back to game three and be like, okay, now this is a game that it's like, it's zero, zero starting right here. We need to win. We need to stay out of the box, but obviously we need to be able to play with like some sort of grit to our game right here. Like we're, we have to play with some sort of jam because, you know, we can't, like Carolina is super skilled and they're beating us up too. And it's like, we're making them look really, I think the Bruins are making them look a lot better than they actually are. I think the Bruins with their capabilities can play with this team and make it look like a more even game. Yeah. Um, and yeah, definitely taking dumb penalties is, is a way to make them look better because it gives them confidence on the, on the power play, but also our power play needs to cash in on chances when we get them because mm-hmm. the first period, I think we had the first, what did we have the first? Yeah, the first two power plays. I'm pretty first sure. two power plays. Yeah. So, you know, yeah. their penalty kill is unbelievable, but it's like at some point we're playing them for at least four games. Like we gotta, like, you know, we gotta start scoring on them. We gotta at least make it so they're working on the penalty kill. Like instead of, like, you know, we need to get zone entries. We need possession. We need time. I don't know. I think I think that's a big thing as well. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think. Obviously, when you come back home, I think you want to try to be the team that sets that that physical tone and, you know, play with a little bit more pride, as you said, because I think, you know, you don't want to give Carolina any type of reason to think that you are, you know, dead in the water. Like you want to come into the game being like, okay, we can still win this series. We're going to still play hard, you know. So it'll be very interesting to see what happens in the first you know, 10, 15 minutes of that game, you know, if the Bruins can get an early goal, if they can extend the lead, if they can, you know, not impose their will, but kind of like have a bit of a, a, more of a physical presence. 
Yeah, and I think especially with hockey and especially today's hockey, it's not like the physical presence doesn't have to be, you know, crushing hits. Like it doesn't have to be people like laying them out and, and fighting and stuff like that. I think a lot of it is just puck battles, like being like using your body in puck battles and dominating puck battles. Like it, it just seemed like every time they would they would dump the puck in or every time there was some 50-50 battle, they were winning the puck battles. They were more physical on the puck. They were, they just like were willing to go into areas where they would get hit and then keep moving after they got hit. Mm-hmm. Whereas it was like when we would, it, nothing we did had a purpose to it. It mm-hmm. looked like we were dumping pucks in just randomly. And, you know, cause I hate dumping pucks in. I think it, it's usually gives the, I, it turns the puck over, but it, it wasn't like we were even creating a 50, 50 chance. Mm-hmm. I mean, I couldn't, the amount of times that Carlo, dump the puck in to, to just no one to we're on a change. And it's like the NHL. Now, you, if, if you don't have numbers dumping the puck in, you curl, curl back around and keep possession. That's just how you play hockey now. And mm-hmm. the amount of times that he did that is just was ridiculous, but still it's on the forwards too, to go in there and at least battle for a puck, at least win some type of puck possession games. And that's where I'm looking at Marshy. Who's not doing that same puck protection that he usually is not being able to create extra chances off of, him, you know, his ability to puck protect, his ability for escape moves and things like that out of the corner. So yeah. I think that's like the physicality that I'm talking about, not necessarily hitting, but like being able to use your body and puck protection and things like that, being able to win those 50-50 battles. Yeah, and I think, you know, also being able to get to the front of the net offensively, but also, you know, be there to, to knock guys out of the way. I mean, or when you are like on defense, yeah. I think that's kind of easier said than done because they think the Bruins with the defensemen that they have, sometimes that can be an issue for them being able to, you know, control the front of their net. Um, And I think, you know, you saw that be an issue in the first two games, the hurricanes got a couple of goals on deflections or, Mm -hmm. you know, shots with guys in front of the net. Um, I think um, whose goal, I think Sebastian Ajo's first goal, I think was a tip in front of that. There was four, there's four hurricanes in front of the net. I don't know where the, de- the defense, there was another defenseman in front of the net. And it's yeah. like, and the thing is, it's like, again, like it doesn't have to be that like cross-checking them from behind and like right. being like, this is my house, like that type of hockey. It's like pick sticks up, like just pick the stick up. Like you can't just let them get that, that many free tips. There was one that um, Sveshnikov had in front of the net. And I think it just went into Allmark's glove, but it was like a crazy deflection. He's sitting there by himself, by himself without anyone, at least picking his stick up, making it so he can't, have that deflection then it's on the goalie then mm-hmm. that's on the goalie to look around guys and, you know at least do that like it's the little things that i feel like we're losing um we're losing to like we're losing at and and you can just tell that they're doing those little things right now mm-hmm. yeah and i think it's it's kind of obvious to tell that carolina is playing a lot better um but again you know it's it's two games i think that a lot could change when the teams come back to the garden, you know, and I think obviously as, as Bruins fans were hopeful that they can kind of figure it out and maybe at least win one of these games, you know, I think ideally if you want a chance to win the series, you need to win both of these games this weekend. Um, but I'll just be honest, you know, with the defense looking like it is without Lindholm, I have a hard time believing that they can win this series. You know, as I said, I think, uh, I think I said to someone earlier today, um, you know, if, if Swayman can come in and play out of his mind, 
then I think they have a legitimate chance. But I think if we see more of the same things that we saw in games one and two, the series is going to be over really quickly. Um, And I mean, hockey's hockey's one of those sports too, that it's just, it's so mental. Like a lot of the game is in between your ears and it's like, I feel that for the brew, it's, it's confidence. Like it's confidence. And mm-hmm. you can tell, like there was, there's one play yesterday that Marshawn had that I was like, where's this guy's confidence right now? Where's the guy who like has absolutely, I think he, he came down and he like pulled up on the half wall and he like, instead of um, immediately like, keep, like keep going around the circle and like trying to at least like make the D play him because of a threat of a shot. He like tried passing it to the slot and Niederreiter came out of nowhere and like poke checked it on the back check, which mm-hmm. was a fantastic play by, by Niederreiter. Like that was, that was a great play. Like obviously hats off to him, but Marshy's like, it was just that like extra second that he took to like pick his head up and look was that like hesitation where usually he's at least going to the net and making it. So he, he's a threat and like, you know, maybe Niederreiter's going to him now. He's thinking that he's shooting it instead of like, you know, just staring directly at the pass. There's just like little things like that where it's like you can just tell that the bees don't have the same type of confidence right now that like Sveshnikov, like D'Angelo, Aho, and like Niederreiter, all those guys are playing with right now. They're playing with tons of confidence. So it's just like you can tell the difference. So I think that maybe coming home, being on home ice, having the crowd with you, get that confidence back and start playing, you know, just correct way at 200 foot game, which is what – which is when the Bruins are the best is when they're 200 foot team. Cause you know, obviously we have our superstars and stuff, but a lot of the team make these guys that should, that are good skaters that have to get up and down the ice that play really good defense as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, absolutely. I think um, it'll be interesting to see what happens um, game three Friday night at the garden. And then game four is uh, Sunday afternoon at 1230. It's a bit of an early start, which yeah. I'll be honest. I'm not a fan of a, 12:30 start for the playoffs. I think that's a little too early. Yeah, um, but totally you know, we'll we'll see. Um, so, kind of shifting away from the Bruins and taking a look at the rest of the league. Um, any overall thoughts on uh, the first couple games so far? So, we're obviously recording this on a Thursday. There have been one or two games played in most of the other series. Yeah, um, Pittsburgh. I think is really good. Yeah. I think Pittsburgh's really good. And I think the Rangers kind of got uh, exposed that Shesterskin, is that how you pronounce his Shesterkin. last name? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Is a phenomenal goalie. Mm-hmm. And he's obviously a game changer for them. But I think a lot of their weaknesses were exposed that game. Pittsburgh's just, I love Pittsburgh to begin with. Sidney Crouch is my favorite player. They look, they look really good. Um, yeah, and I think the, the biggest challenge for the Rangers, I think, is to be able to score at five on five because we all know what yeah, they're doing exactly. power play. Um, but that was an amazing game. I mean, obviously, it goes to three overtimes. Shesterkin makes 79 saves, which is like a second second most saves all time. Yeah, and crazy, um, crazy. So, yeah, a wild one there. Um, there also was an interesting story about uh, Louis Domingue, who is the yep. – penguins backup who did not expect to be playing he gets subbed into like the second overtime or whatever um and i read something in the paper that he was like you know ate some pregame meal and then he's like oh yeah yeah, going back in 
in between periods, he had like spicy pork and broccoli. I guess yeah. he, he didn't know that the Smith was gonna like he thought he was going like gonna play the whole game, and then he had to come yeah. in for the third overtime. I think. Yeah, so that was a uh, wild there. So Pittsburgh obviously won the first game. Uh, game two is is tonight Thursday night. Yeah. So be interesting to see what happens there. Um, sure. I was very surprised to see uh, Capitals win the first game against Florida. See, I have the I have the Panthers losing first round. I have them losing first round because, again, like I think we've t- touched on this. Like, I think I talked about it a little bit with like how I think play. I think playoff experience is like a really big factor for the Stanley Cup. Like, you see the teams that continuously have set success have like a core that have been to the playoffs a lot. Like, even looking at Carolina now, like their core has been to the playoffs. Like. I think it's like four years in a row now. They've made yeah. the Eastern Conference Finals once. Like they're coming into their like, okay, they could be super dominant phase. Whereas you're looking at Panthers who are trying to get over that first hump, which is their first win in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Like that's the that's the hardest. I think same with like you're looking with Toronto's core. It's so hard to close out a series. It's so hard to be like, you know, a playoff team because the Stanley Cup is wild. So it's like it's the hardest cup to win. So I don't know. I had them losing first round. I think Washington. Is like whenever Alex Ovechkin and Nicholas Backstrom are still on the same team and John Carlson's back on D, I think they have a chance to win regardless. Yeah, Yeah, I think, you know, I do think that they're making Washington's making it a tough series. You know, I think that they're physical enough to be able to bother Florida. Although I think that their goaltending issues, I can't see them winning a first round series against Florida just with. You know, Vanacek, Sam, Samsonov. Um, but, I mean, I think that this, no matter what happens in this series, I think it's going to do damage to Florida, you know, whether it, whether they, you know, lose the series or if they just get beaten up and they have to go to six or seven games and then it's like you go to the second round against Tampa or Toronto and you're already, you know, kind of beaten up, so to speak. So, that's going to be an interesting series to, to pay attention to. Definitely interesting. And, and one last point about that series. I just think that the Panthers have been outscoring their opponents. Obviously, they have a crazy – how many goals a game were they scoring? Like four or something? over four in the regular It's over four, which is insane. That's insane for a year. But I think Bobrovsky is super overrated, and I think that they don't play enough team defense, especially for the playoffs. So I think they're going to struggle there. Yeah, yeah, Bobrovsky definitely has a uh, checkered past in the playoffs. Yeah, um, for sure. And that's putting it lightly. So, yeah, exactly. Looking at, looking at Toronto and Tampa, obviously that series is even. Uh, Tampa Bay won game two last night. Um, I mean, I think this series is going the distance, and it's just mm-hmm. can Tampa, can uh, Toronto get over the hump? And I don't know. It's, it's, it's kind of hard to it's it's hard to know kind of what to make of that series so far because I think Toronto obviously came out guns a blazing yeah five nothing in game one and then Tampa Bay comes back with a really good road game two I mean that's kind of what I was hoping the Bruins would play like uh in game two um what do you what do you think on on this series I mean I think all most of these games are going game seven. I think a lot of these are. This series, I think, for sure, is going game seven. Hmm. Um, I think Panthers, too, going game, Panthers, Washington, game seven as well. But I think Toronto's winning this one. I think they're getting over the hump this year. Matthew, I mean, Marner also is – I thought Marner played 
really good the first game and then played pretty good the second game too. Um, I didn't get to watch as much of the Tampa game because um, it was obviously on – I was like had, – we had two monitors up watching both games, but I was mostly focused on that game. Um, I don't know. I think they're getting over the hump. I think Matthews is an elite defensive player too. I think he's an elite two-way forward right now. Hmm. I think he is very, very good. And, like, I think we kind of, with the NHL, like, shoves him down our throat a lot of the times because it's, like, you know, it's everything you see is, like, Matthews, Matthews, Matthews. But he is really good two-way forward. And Mm -hmm. I think he's going to be able to – will. I think him and Marner will be able to win this series for them, for sure. Yeah. You know, I think, uh, like, at a certain point, it's going to – it's going to happen for them. Now it's bound to. Um, but I think, you know, and one of the things we, I think you talked about with the Bruins series is like playing with confidence. And I think that's the biggest thing for the two of them, especially when mm-hmm. a series gets down to a game five, six, and seven. Like you want to be able to, to play with that confidence and that swagger to be able to, you know, kind of, you know, say, like tell your team without actually telling it that like you're confident in the team's ability to win. And I just yeah. think, you know, it might happen for them, but it's just that, I don't know, it's, it's hard to pick against a team like Tampa Bay, who, you know, obviously has won two cups in a row. You know, you got to think that with three, there were two consecutive postseasons where they're going really deep, you know, maybe they run out of gas a little bit, but uh, yeah, I don't know. There's something about the goalie matchup that I just like I'm not. There's something about Jack Campbell that I'm just not positive that he's going to be able to, yeah. to win a series. I, mean, I think that's the I think that's the biggest question mark. I think they can win the series right now. I don't think that he can play. I don't think they'll win. I mean, I guess they would play Washington or or Florida. So I don't think I don't know. I don't think they would. Uh, I think they can beat Tampa right now. I just don't think I think Campbell's super sketchy in that. So. Mm. I think they could win a series for sure. I don't know about two. Um, but, yeah, I don't know. I think Tampa's definitely just a different team, too. Like, their third line is, like, Ross Colton, um, um, Hagel. Maybe. Yeah, and, and uh, Paul, who they also got at the deadline. Yeah, so it's, like, kind of – Hagel's obviously a pretty good player. Um, but I don't know. I, I just think that – I don't know. I think Toronto's got it this year. I've, so I think it's just going to be a really good series. It's going to be super fun to watch. Even they made it a game last night. I think it was like five to two, and then mm-hmm. they scored five to three. I think Kerfoot had a goal. Um, yeah. I don't know if that was him. But, yeah, I, I think that, like, you look at Tampa, and they relied a lot on, like, Braden Point. Mm-hmm. And he had a goal last night. So, like, obviously – and I'm not, like, saying that he's played awful, but I just think that, like, his crazy playoff series that that he's, like, won them. He's He won them – their second cup i think for sure like he was a beast last year mm-hmm. in the playoffs and i think you're looking at you're looking at it now like not the exact same thing that we saw it wasn't like like right from series one he was the best player in the playoffs by far i thought at least and this year it's kind of been like you can see it's like maybe he's you know a little bit out of gas and i think that's like one a really important key to them winning that series so mm-hmm. i don't know I think, I think Toronto's got this one. Yeah. And I think, you know, like you said, definitely possibility that this goes um, seven. So uh, looking over at the West, Colorado and Nashville, uh, Avs won game one pretty easily. I think, you know, I expect them to win the series. I kind of 
I think Nashville is going to put up a little bit of a fight. But then again, I thought that before I knew about uh, Saros being injured. And I mm-hmm. think, you know, obviously that makes a world of difference. You know, Nashville can't win the series if he's not, you know, healthy. So, you know, I might have to, to edit that a little bit. I mean, I think Colorado obviously is incredibly dangerous with what they can do offensively. Um, but I think Nashville could win a couple of games in the series. I think they could win at least one, at least in Nashville. I mean, it's a, it's a tough place to play uh, for, for anyone really. So for I'm sure. curious to see what the next two games look like. Yeah. I mean, is Saros is not expected to come back. Correct. I think he, yeah, he's at least out the first two games, at least the first two games. That's why I knew it was the first two. And then they were going to like reevaluate the second two, but yeah, it doesn't, uh, look, doesn't look very good at this point. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't think – I think the Avs after last year are a team that's like – Nathan McKinnon's like a super competitor. Like, you can, mm. he's just like an absolute competitor. And I feel like – I feel like this – I feel like they're going to the Western Conference no matter what. I thought they were going to – the only real challenge I see to them in the West is Calgary. I think Calgary's legit. Um, and I actually – I don't even think I watched – did they play last night or two nights ago? Played which uh calgary yeah calgary and dallas played uh game one two nights ago two nights ago uh, flames so they won play one tonight. to zero yeah yeah i see, i mean i kind of see both those teams like i'm looking at the oilers like kind of struggle obviously lo- they lost first game so they sh- and then they won yes they won pretty decisively yesterday i don't know i think to me the west is, is ben calgary versus abs and i think that's going to be the real test I don't really see any of the other teams. I guess like St. Louis, Minnesota could, but they would have to play the abs and I don't see either of them beating them. I really yeah. don't. No. I mean, I think, so deep. I think, I think without, without Saros, it makes it almost impossible for Nashville to beat them. But yeah, I don't know. There's something about Colorado that it's just like, I feel like you can, if you have another goal goalie, that's really good. If you have an offense that can, you know, produce on the power play five on five, you know, make them play defense a little bit. Like I think that they can be beat, but again, you know, I don't know if they're just going to be really motivated this year to just be like, okay, we're going to, you know, say F it and just go as hard as we can. Um, and they got, they got really, they got a lot better at the trade. They got better. Yeah. What? They and they added was Kadri on the team last year. Uh, I think so, yeah. Or maybe yeah. he was hurt or something like that. Because I, I knew they gave up. Uh, maybe they didn't give up anyone. I kind of forget what the. Kind of want to look up what that roster was. Well, they um, got obviously at the deadline. They got Manson and yeah. Uh, uh, Lekkinen from uh, Montreal. Yeah. Yeah. Who's, I like him a lot, actually. Yeah. He's a really good, he was really good in the playoffs last year for, yeah, uh, the Habs. But yeah, I don't know. I think, yeah, I I don't know. I, like you said, I think they can be exposed with some really good D and a goalie that is playing really well. But I also just think that their, their offense is pretty lethal. Yeah. And like, I mean, you have like Sammy Gerrard on the back end, who's easy, I feel like is like kind of like a weak spot for them. But you also have some pretty elite defensemen back there as well. So, 
I don't know. I think they're I think they're cakewalking this series for sure. Yeah. Especially without Saros, I think they're cakewalking this series. Yeah, I think I don't know. I think that uh, St. Louis could present some issues for them if they do meet up in the second round. Well, I mean, I think Minnesota did like a great job last night. I think like you look at Minnesota uh, or St. Louis and I think they scored. Did, I think Perron had a Hattie. This was the first game. I think Perron had a Hattie. Power play, right? It was all in the power play. Yeah. And they've got like the fourth best power play in the league or something like that. So it's really, a, you know, that stay out of the box. That's like kind of what the, the game plan for Minnesota has to be. And I think Minnesota is going to – I think St. Louis is good. I just think that Minnesota is like – I don't know. They're both good teams. They're really good. They're both really good. Yeah, they're so I thought good. that – They're bruisers. I thought that the the minute that we knew that these two teams are playing each other, I was like, home ice does not matter in this series, I think. Yeah. I think that it's going seven and it could go any which way. Um, you know, obviously, St. Louis, you know what they can do offensively. Their defense kind of leaves a little bit to be desired. You know, Minnesota, you got Flurry in there who, you know, has played pretty well in the last couple of postseasons he's yeah. been in. And, you know, you have Kaprizov, you have Fiala, and you have some other guys. Grello too. Erickson yeah. actually a huge night. Greenwell. Yeah, you have some other really dangerous offensive guys. But I don't know. I just – there's something about St. Louis that they just – they play so heavy, and I just – I don't know if Minnesota can – can play that way. I know that they got some guys at the deadline that, you know, are kind of tough physical guys, but I don't know. There's something about St. Louis. I think like they're just, there's a really good playoff team. Yeah. I mean, they, they also have that also. That's what I was going to say. They also have that like cup experience and stuff, but Mm. I think it's like you said, I think this one's one of the 50, 50 ones that's like kind of up in the air where we're like, yeah, it really and home ice not a big deal. Like I, I think they're just gonna beat the crap out of each other, honestly. Because I, I feel like both these teams have some bruisers. Like hmm. for Minnesota, you got Felino, Deloria, Greenway, even like Hartman. Yeah, it's like kind of, kind of a bruiser. And then you hmm. look at like St. Louis, and I guess like all the the Russian guys. Tarasenko's not overly, uh, I guess overly, uh, physical, but like. Yeah, they're, they're definitely a big team as well, Pareko on the back end. So, yeah, I think they're just going to beat the crap out of each other, honestly. And that's kind of what the games have been like so far. And, and yeah, I, I think that Minnesota can win this series. They just have to stay out of the box and make sure that the power play doesn't get on because that power play is crazy good, crazy, yeah. crazy good. Yeah, that was another thing that I was concerned about Minnesota because they have, they, have the, they have one of the worst penalty kills. And then St. Louis, they're like – top four in the league power play. So it's like, yep. yeah, they kind of have to be very careful, stay out of the box as much as they can. For sure. Um, Calgary and Dallas, obviously Calgary won the the first game there. Game two is tonight, uh, Thursday night. Um, I think Calgary wins the series somewhat easily. You know, Dallas is a team that just kind of squeaked its way in there. But, you know, that can also be dangerous. Um, and I think Calgary is also a team that I think a lot of people are, thinking that they're going to go really far. And I think it's just, they kind of have to make sure that they're not complacent at all, but it's just, they, they're, they're my pick to win the cup. And I just think like, they're so deep with the forwards. They're really good defensively. They have a coach who's experienced and he's won a couple times. Yeah. And you have a goaltender who I think outside of Shesterkin is the best goalie in the league, at least this year. Yeah. 
no, I I totally agree. They're they're really good, and they've had some players that have like I love Johnny Gaudreau, so I love that he's absolutely killing it this year. He's fun to watch. Uh, they added Coleman too. You know that I like yeah. Coleman a lot, so that's a huge addition. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, yeah, they're. I mean, even their D, like they just have. They're good. They're good. They're super solid, and I mean, I I think they're going they're going to win in like five. Maybe, yeah. maybe Dallas pokes out a game. I think they still got – like, Dallas still has, obviously, Sagan and, like, Ben are not exactly what they used to be. Mm-hmm. Sagan, obviously, a little bit better than Ben as of right now. But, like, they still have some young guys like Robertson and uh, mm-hmm. Rupe and Hiskinen. So, like, yeah. Yeah. And, and even Klimberg still super yeah. solid defenseman. So, yeah. Yeah. I think maybe one game they sneak out. Yeah, and you have Pavelski, who I think put yeah, I think he put up a career high in points at age thirty-seven, which he's is insane. just insane. He's, insane. he's just ageless. Well, that's like one of the guys too. It's like when you talk about like hockey being in between the ears, he's just like the the like he. That's just what he is. His game is all hockey IQ, and it's like when you look at guys like that, it's like they can play for so long because they don't. They're not relying on speed. They're not relying on their shot or anything like that. They're relying on their brain. So like he's able to just find so many soft areas and he's so good at tipping pucks and just stuff like that. I, it's crazy. He's, I mean, the sharks are just, I don't know. Sharks are crazy for letting him up after that year. That was, that was insane. Yeah. So I think looking at the last series, we haven't covered the Kings and the, the, the Oilers game two was Wednesday night. So I think, you know, it, it's an interesting series because I didn't think the Kings were going to win one of the games in Edmonton. And then the Oilers obviously come back and, you know, blow the doors off of them yeah. um, in game two. So I don't know. Cause I feel like going into it, I was like, Oh, Edmonton's probably winning this in five or six, but I don't know. Now I'm not really as convinced. I don't know. I think, um, yeah, I mean, I don't know that you're, I think with Edmonton, anything with them is just always like a gamble because they're so reliant on Dreisaitl and McDavid, right? Mm-hmm. Like they're just so reliant on both those two. So it's like, even if they, even if McDavid and Dreisaitl have a goal each, they're losing that game. Like, because they're, it's, they're only going to get two goals most likely that game. So it's just like, they need to have, they just need to have like, I guess when they have other people chip in, like Kane had a goal, I think last night, Nurse had a goal. Some of the guys that they like got, I guess Kane, but like also guys that they've paid like Nurse and stuff like that, who are supposed to be like those, those now elite players on their team chip in. Then it's like, okay, they look so dangerous. But then again, it's like when they don't do that, it's like, there's some holes in this place. Like there's some real, real big holes. Like their bottom six is an absolute disaster other than Adrian Hopkins. Like it's, I think it's just terrible and they have some really tough contracts down there, but even like Yamamoto and Paul Harvey being on like the top six, it's like, are those guys top six forwards? No, not at all. Not at all. But you know, when they, when they play, when they score and, you know, I think Paul Harvey had one last night when they like at least chip into the offense, then it's like, damn, they're, they're super scary. So I think they'll probably win in six. Maybe, maybe they, maybe LA gets another one back home. I don't know. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. They, it has to be like one of the, it has to be one of the like most interesting like goalie matchups uh, of that okay. I can think of. Yeah. You, know, you think of quick who obviously like 
has had success in this league. He's been really good, but it's like, it's kind of obvious that sometimes like, you know, he, he plays like he's in his late thirties. Sometimes he can pull, you know, uh, rabbits out of the hat sometimes, but it's like, it's like impossible to know game to game where you're going to get from him. And it's also impossible what you're going to get game to game from, from Mike Smith. Where he's like, he could be a 50 safe shutout and give up or give up five goals (laughs) in the first period. Exactly. And that's like, I was kind of talking to my roommates, like, I, we, we watched the first – we watched both games uh, for for the Oilers-Kings game. But the first game, you're looking at Quick and you're like, oh, my God, is this Quick from 20 – I don't know, 12 or whenever they yeah. won – whatever they won. Like, uh, is this prime Quick right now? Like, look at yesterday's game. This guy's old. Yeah. One of the most bonehead moves by the Oilers. They just love to give this guy two-year contracts. I don't know why. He's super old and super un- unpredictable, and and just like him playing the puck is just ridiculous. I know he, I know he like messed up on that goal or whatever in yeah. first game, and I and I wasn't even saying it because of that. Like throughout the year, him just like handling the puck. If you watch it, it's just like so unnecessary, and a lot of the times. Sometimes it works out really well, and you're like, that works like crazy good. And their Oilers are a transition team, so it's like, it's like, oh, that's crazy, it's working. But then some of the times I'm looking at, I'm like, why is this guy doing this? Just like leave the puck behind the net for the defenseman. Sometimes or like make the simple play, like you're a goalie. Yeah, they they are just such an interesting group because they they remind me of what Toronto was a couple years ago, where they're just like, you know, there's really nothing defensively. Mm-hmm. You know, and it, it's kind of like an all or nothing type of game that yeah, you know, they can score four goals a game. That's great. But, you know, if if a team shuts down the top guys, you know, that's it. You know, you're going to be lucky to to get a couple high danger chances. Uh, yeah. With some I, yeah. Guys, so I think they're out of the playoffs next round pretty, pretty quickly. Yeah, I um, think it'll that, be good for McDavid to move on. That's the one thing where I'm like, uh, I need McDavid to at least get to the second round because yeah. having the best player in the NHL not play in the second round is yeah. just uh, ridiculous to begin with. Yeah, but. it's yeah. Yeah, it's definitely tough when you want the the league to get to, you know, higher heights, but then you have someone like that who just can't get out of the second round. It's like you want to see you want to see the star players going as far going as far as they can yeah and to be fair to like i think uh i think a lot of people you know like crap on the oilers gms and like they've made horrible moves like don't get me wrong not defending mm-hmm. them but like mcdavid's 12 million he's the highest paid player right i think he's at like 12 yeah. point something million and it's like when you have and then dry cycles 10 so there's 22 million in two players and it's like Obviously, you look at the Leafs and they have like similar situations to that, and they were able to like circumvent and be able to figure out how to get better bottom six guys. Mm-hmm. But like they kind of screwed their team, where it's like now they're kind of reaping, you know, the fruits of fruits of their labor. I don't know if that's the quote, but <laughs> yeah. uh, uh, they're basically kind of getting, you know, this is what happens when you guys have that much money put up in the in two players in the top six. It's like yeah. it's really hard to have a balanced team, and so when your guys aren't on you know, you're looking at a really, really, really tough, tough game. But when your guys are on, it looks like it's the easiest game in the world. So, 
Yeah. Also the LA Kings too. They're the Pacific Division's a joke to begin with. Yeah, it's funny. I like at the beginning of the season, I really thought Seattle had a shot to like make the playoffs. Because I was like, look at the rest of the division. I'm like, okay, there are maybe three teams in here that I could pencil in to make the playoffs. Like, yeah, you have the California teams that, you know, I like at the beginning of the season, I didn't expect anything from them. Yeah. You know, I was like, Calgary maybe is the team that makes it to the playoffs, but every other team, every other team, I was like, I don't know if they make it. Yeah, I um I you're right. Like I did th- I thought at first maybe and, and like even looking at their roster, like they have I it's so hard to say it now because like everyone compares obviously Seattle to LA. Big, or sorry, or Vegas, to Vegas. Yeah. And it's like so hard to because you, you look at guys who had who have never touched those numbers again and will never touch those numbers again mm-hmm. in Vegas, and you're like like what was the secret formula there? Is it because they're in Vegas and guys are going there and partying and now like, you know, the, the coaches know not to like do that. Like, was it just like the atmosphere of the craziness of Vegas or something like that, that, you know, had that year. And I think we were all expecting like guys like, what is it? Josh McCann. And like, um, I'm trying to think like even Donato, I mean, Donato had a good year, but guys to, like put up like crazy numbers and we're like just expecting them to just go pop off. And it's like, it's just not realistic in an expansion team. That's probably never going to happen again. Like it's usually a slow, slow grind to get to the top. So yeah, um, you know William Carlson, one of those guys, had forty three goals. 40. His, yeah, um, his you know that that first year in Vegas, and then he has not he's, he hasn't even touched twenty five goals since then. Yeah, you no, know, had, had twenty four like, his yeah. next season, and then didn't even hit 20 the last three. So it's I don't like, think he hit 10 in the, one of the COVID years or one of the things. Yeah. I think he had eight goals or something like that. Like he's, he's a third line player. He's a third line player that had a 40 goal season. So mm-hmm. it happens. It's like, do I think Chris Kreider is going to hit 50 goals ever again? No. So I think he'll, I don't think he'll touch. I personally don't think he's going to touch 30. Mm-hmm. Maybe he will. Maybe. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, but like some seasons you're really hot and things go your way, but it's like, I just think it's so hard to be consistent in the NHL. Like being consistent is like one of those things where it's just, it's why you look at guys who are like Sidney Crosby, like Patrice Bergeron, even Marshawn, who's been so good over the past six years, seven years. You look at those guys and you're like, that is so crazy to be that consistent in the NHL. Like, cause it's, it's impossible. It's almost impossible to do it. You, there's very few guys that are like, like that every single year, year in and year out. OB too, goal scoring. Yeah. Well, it's uh it's a it's a great time to be a hockey fan. You got the the early rounds of the playoffs. It's definitely it's definitely fun to watch. You know games. Um, you know maybe not so much in the nights that the Bruins are playing, but yeah, <laughs> other nights where you can flip around to other games and be like, okay, this is this is awesome. Um, yeah, for sure. So, it's like the hockey fans' March Madness. Yeah, oh, yeah, exactly. Um, well, Sean, thanks for coming on. This was uh, this was really fun. Yeah, I appreciate you having me. Thank you. Yeah. Anything any, any other thoughts on the on the playoffs? Um, you want to say who we're who we're predicting right now? Yeah. Yeah, who do you who do you got? Um I don't know. I wasn't prepared to answer that right away. You oh, jeez. All right. I can go, I guess. Yeah, well, you know, like I said, I think I think Calgary's my team. I think uh they have you know, superstars in the team, you know, that, that top line is one of the best in the league with 
uh, Goudreau and Kachuk and, and Lynn and uh, Lindholm. Um, they got a really good solid group of forwards. You know, the only issue is kind of the bottom six and like, can they get goals from guys like Lucic and Trevor Lewis? I mean, those are guys that have been around, they've won cups. Um, I think, you know, that's kind of the only area that I'm not sure of, but defensively, they're really tough. You know, they have guys like Tanev, who I think is one of the most underrated defensemen in the league. Mm-hmm. Uh, you got Rasmus Anderson, you got Hannafin, um, and then you got a goalie in, in Markstrom that I think has been, has been really good and really consistent for the most part. And then you got Daryl Sutter coaching the team who's, you know, won two cups with the Kings and uh, yeah, he's coaching the Flames for uh, the second time in his career. Uh, mm-hmm. I looked at this the other day. He was the coach for Calgary when they reached the cup final in uh, 2004. I actually think it's going to be a rematch, and I think they beat Tampa Bay this time. You think so? You think that's yeah. what's going to happen? Um, I honestly, like, I didn't, I don't know. It sounds like just because they've beaten up on the Bruins. I honestly think Carolina's, mm-hmm. I think they're I think they going to the cup at least, and I think, mm-hmm. I, I agree. I think it's going to be, I thought that it's going to be Calgary and um, and Carolina winning it. I Like, in my bracket, I put the Bruins in the cup because it was, like, there was – uh, just being a homer. And yeah, it's fine. No it's fine. We've wanted, all admitted to that. Carolina just looks like they just have guys that are like they've had that playoff experience. It seems like they've had those losses too, mm. which I think is really important to like the young guys having those playoff losses. Yeah, and like understanding the value of winning the playoffs and what it takes and and how bad it feels to lose. And I think that was like a big thing for like a lot of the Bruins, uh, core when they were coming up. Kind of those young guys like had some tough losses before they eventually reached the cup. You know, I think it was – we had the Flyers uh, came back. Three, from, yeah. you know, I think that was the year before, right? The year before, yeah. Yeah, so it's like having those types of losses, I think, are, like, really big for a young core to learn from and, you know, mm-hmm. still have that kind of, you know, extra gear where it's like, I don't want to feel that again. So I think I think they're going all the way. I don't know. I don't, I don't want to say that Calgary's going to win because you were saying Calgary, but I think, I'll say Carolina. I'll say Carolina. Okay, so. all right, well. Uh, either way, there's a lot of hockey uh, ahead of us. It's going to be really exciting. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, uh, thanks, Sean, for for coming on. And uh, yeah, we'll talk to you to you folks next Monday. Hopefully, the Bruins uh, will still be kicking by then. Yeah. All right, everyone. Have a have a good weekend.